0: Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, I'll share stories and tactics along with other industry experts as we share actionable steps that will transform your business and your life. Here at the Salon Owners Collective, we believe that in order to truly achieve freedom and profit, you must first fully step into your role as Salon CEO. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners master their inner salon CEO by implementing a strategic framework to grow your business and scale your team. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode to make an important step in your journey towards salon mastery as a salon CEO and welcome into your life more freedom and profit. As a business owner, you're automatically thrust into so many different roles, some you didn't even know existed. But arguably, the most essential role you fulfill is that of the leader. No matter what your leadership role looks like, whether you are owner-operator, the manager, or simply the CEO, leading a team, or a person, or even just your business as a whole, is something that's so important to get it right. It really is make or break. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Joel. For those of you who don't already know him, Joel is a leadership team and management expert who helps business owners like yourself be the best leader possible. Now, Joel and I chat about what it takes to be a good leader and the difference between leadership and management and why some self-improvement is in order for you to be able to do the same for your team. Now, this is Joel's actual second visit on the podcast. You may remember him. I'll link the first episode up in the show notes. But otherwise, let's jump in now and chat with Joel. Hey, Joel, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Really pleased to have you and have you back.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me, Larissa.
0: Now, for those that don't know who you are, why don't you just give us a a quick one on who you are, where you come from, what do you do?
1: Yeah, cool. So Joel uh I was born here in Wellington. And if I'm not here in my home office, which I am right now, uh, the two main places you'd find me, one is uh, on stage, so in conferences, speaking from the stage, and the other one is at the front of the room in a training room, often uh, in organisations, small businesses, uh, where teams want to get better at at being their very very best. So I work in the space of people development, and in particular, um, helping people become leaders or better leaders, and uh, that that extends all the way through into the salon industry as well. So just earlier this week, I was in Queenstown with a with a with a team from Waikanae, and we were talking a lot about leadership on the balcony and looking out over the lake. There, it was fantastic. So yeah, I'm in the people game, and certainly helping teams to get better.
0: So this is exactly why uh, I've asked you to come back and talk to us because, you know, as uh, a salon industry, if we don't nail the team piece, the piece of the puzzle that is the team, uh, we don't have a business. So Mm. it is so important and it is one of the things that keeps us up as as a salon CEO. It's what keeps us up at night, if anything's going to. Um, Before I um, pick your brain for your expertise, your background also includes running your own business with a team um, Mm -hmm. in the fitness industry. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so in 2012, so yeah, eight years ago now, um, we started a health facility in Miramar and we've got 12 coaches there. And my role in that business basically is to help um, our coaches level up. And obviously, as you know, with your own people, everyone's always at a different place, um, mentally, emotionally, you know, in terms of their wisdom, their technical expertise, et cetera. And so being a leader is about not treating everyone the same, but actually being able to go, what does this person right now need and, and having some sort of plan around that. So so we've got uh, the gym there over in Miramar. And then kind of around that as well, I spent 10 years that sort of overlapped into that experience, traveling off to um to a place called italy and i had a team of 25 over there so my my whole everything is how do i behave so that it has an influence on this team which is far greater than i am um, so that we can achieve results that uh, exponentially surpass our clients expectations And uh, that's been me for the last 15 years of my life is how do I do this in health? How do I do this in people development? And now how do I do it in salons or organizations where people are like, I don't know.
0: Right. I love it. Well, look, I think it would be great to say, um, tell us a little bit, what is your leadership philosophy? What are your thoughts around uh, leading teams and leading people and leadership in general?
1: Yes, Great question. That's a really good question. I could answer that a number of ways. So the, I think the first thing that I'd love to share and talk about is that if there's three things that anyone's going to do to take their uh, take their, their business to the next level, to take themselves to the next level, um, I think the first thing is getting clear about what one's leadership philosophy is. Um, and what I mean by that is what is the um, attitudes, what is the values, what are the beliefs that you hold around leadership and once someone is clear about that I believe that in times of difficulty adversity when someone leaves when someone goes on maternity leave whatever it is you know those moments you're like everything's going great and then all of a sudden it's not going so great your leadership philosophy is kind of like your internal compass it's like Joel this is the decision that you make and isn't it the decisions in our lives that wear us down the most, right? It's like, you know, what's for dinner? It's like, you know. And decision we're
0: fatigue. Decision no, no, fatigue. Decision, it's a exactly thing. Exactly,
1: right? <laughs> and, and, and when we're, we, you know, we've only got so much willpower each day, right? The science is there. It's backed by it. And so. Even if you're an A-type and you're a go-getter and you define yourself as amazing and incredible and you can do anything and super strong, at the end of the day, we get to sometimes 3 o'clock and we've got nothing left, right? And so we've got to be really clear about how we're using our willpower to make the important decisions. And I guess what I'm saying is that if he or she develops a leadership philosophy and says, this is what it means to be a great leader to me, and then goes out there into their business, tests tests that out, be true to it refines it and tweaks it along the way ultimately this becomes almost like um it's like a an assistant <laughs> it's like a, an operations manager and, and and when we are in those territories of the unknown we can use our leadership philosophy the principles the concepts the values the ways of thinking the perspectives to actually help us make uh more accurate decisions that serve the business and ourselves really really well so that would be like the the first piece of the puzzle is like you know what is philosophy like like google that google what is philosophy like philosophy and then put the word leadership in front of it and then unpack what is leadership you know like i mean i think that's one of the, the the biggest challenges with leadership is like for a lot of us we haven't even defined what leadership is and if if all we do after this is go what do those two things mean and then take action around developing one of those Wow, I reckon we stand to stand to be far more efficient in the use of our of our of our energy and our time, which I know for your listeners is not something that they have, you know, an abundance of.
0: So true. So I have a quick question for you, um, just on a, a quick description in your own opinion, the difference between leadership and management.
1: Yeah, good. So I think, uh, with management, you've got a set amount of resources and you're trying to use those to achieve a particular outcome. So I've got this much time as an operations manager, I've got 40 hours, I've got this many staff, I've got this, you know, all this stuff coming in and got this much product, whatever it may be. And I've got to reach this vision or this target. Um, when it comes to leadership, it's about influence. Now it doesn't mean as a leader you don't still manage. We've all got to manage. Personally, I've got to manage. In the business, I've got to manage for sure. Um, but when it comes to leadership, you know, you walk into the salon, right? And you're saying something straight away. And I'm talking within one second, right? You know, and, and that influence is so, so important to be intentional about. And that's why the leadership philosophy is so important. Cause if people distill it, like, let's say by the end of February, you've distilled your leadership philosophy and then you spend the next 10 months of the year, like trying to be true to it and accurate to it. All of a sudden people just kind of get where you're coming from more often. Um, they get your intent, which is so, so key in communication, isn't it? Um, So I think the big difference there is one's in the business of managing resource, the other one is in the business of generating an influence that's going to cause a particular impact.
0: Okay, I adore your um, example of that because it's kind of like, in real tactical terms, the manager's job uh, uh, can be run, probably, from a tick list. It's tangible, it's tactical, you tick it off the list, it's things that you do, um, but leadership is the words that you choose, the tone of voice that you choose, uh, the things that you say yes or no to that we can or we can't do. Mm. And it's, uh, like you say, the influence that we have over the people and it's your way of being. Would that be a good description?
1: Absolutely. And just to give you some, like, outside of Joel perspective, like if you look at, um, say, for example, conference speaking, the two most popular topics that um, organizations are asking conference organizers to get speakers on. The first one's mental health, right? And the second one is leadership with kindness. So more now than ever are people going, you know, like I want to be led by someone who not only inspires me but is kind to me, you know? And I just think that's so, so key. Like sometimes influence gets a little bit of a bad rap, like people quickly associate it with manipulation or you're trying to get something that you want. But the difference between manipulation and leadership through the lens of influence is that, of course, as a leader, the outcome you're looking for is to serve the person, the team, the business, right? And so it's service-orientated, whereas obviously in manipulation, you're trying to get something for
0: yourself. Yeah. That is that is so interesting, one, that mental health is up there on the list. Yeah. Uh, and leadership with kindness, that resonates with me so, so much because it's actually verbatim words that come out of my mouth and I didn't know that. I'm obviously on trend, so that's really good.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, just on the mental health thing, like, uh, you know, like I'm sure that some of the people that are listening right now, like that is one of the the biggest challenges that as a business owner, manager, Um, you know you working with your um, salon manager like one of the biggest challenges is like how do you deal with the you know the absentee or the constant usage of sick days and you know the unresourced manager that can't deal with the mental health issues that are going on it's like it's 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 huge
0: yeah yeah okay so if team is such a big part of the business that we're in um what about the process of developing those people?
1: Yeah, great. Awesome. That's, that's, that's exactly right. So I think what, you, what we all need to have is some sort of plan around how we grow our people. Now, it, it doesn't need to be a particular way, but for me a plan is something that it reoccurs, right? Like there's no end to it. Um, Sanford's model around growing people is that you want to provide equal parts of challenge to support, right? And it's just so, so important that we're willing to not only support people through kindness and the things that we do in our business, but equally, we need to show up and have those necessary conversations because what that says is that I stand for your growth. And if you're growing your people, this is the punchline on everything that I do. If you're growing your people, loyalty will never be an issue. That is the biggest separator between successful businesses and unsuccessful businesses. Is you know, once you get the right people on the bus and you get them in the right seats, you want to keep them there, right? As a business owner, that is so, so important to keep them there. Grow your people, do whatever it is that you need to do to grow them and develop a plan, whatever that looks like to you right now, to to consistently be sowing and nurturing that seed of growth in the individuals and in the team as well. Because as you grow people, you'll be able to, Um, lean on them more, you'll be able to plant seeds of challenge with them that they'll just totally you know, grasp. Um, Because they're growing, they can easily look back and go, far out, that's where I was, now I'm here. Of course I can do this task. So instead of trying to, um, as the saying goes, instead of trying to lead the horse to water and then make it drink, you're, you're making your people thirsty so that they start going and chasing the water themselves. And I think when we can do that, as, as owners, as CEOs, as business people, when we get home at the end of the night or on the weekend or we go away, we can really compartmentalize work and be present with our family and our friends and whatever else is important. There's nothing worse than being a business owner and everywhere you go, you're a business owner. It just never stops, right? So one of the ways to, to manage that is of course to get in the driver's seat with growing your people. So key.
0: Yeah, I really love that. And um, one of the things that I know that crops up often for the owners uh, that I work with or talk to or hear from is or that I see is that there's this conflict, internal conflict between pushing people to grow and being kind or not knowing where the boundary is between do I push someone because everyone's going to reach a ceiling at some point or some roadblock that it's hard to push past. And as the owner, do we have permission to push them, mm. and um, or or this kind, or I kind of call it kindness, at just at the moment. But um, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to tread on their toes. Or they they said no, they didn't want to do that. Mm. How do I push them? How do I find the balance between knowing when to pull back when there's resistance, or actually no, come on, you have got this, you can do this. Mm. Now, my only analogy, and I'm sure you'll you'll relate, is uh, when I go to the gym. Funnily enough. Yeah, no, it's and do you know what, I am um, reach my limit, and then the trainer walks past and says, Larissa, you're doing amazing. Come on, one more." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, one more," but I was about to give up, yeah. you know. And it's knowing that how do I push past when people are like, "I can't do one more."
1: <laughs> yeah, do you know, so good, hey, eh? so good. So I think probably one of the the first things that comes to mind is is you, you've got to model that yourself. So, you know, as the owner, like you've got personal goals yourself and you exceed and surpass and get challenged and get uncomfortable and vulnerable and you share that stuff with your team, you know. So they're not going, oh, this person's just, you know, saying this. Um, the, other, the other thing is, is um, you know, we, we are often our own uh, biggest critic, first of all, and we set the limitations on ourselves. And so as an owner, your role is not to push people your role is not to push people to 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 grow let me just clear that up your role is to develop a thirst in people so that they want to grow and the fastest way that you can do that is to is to get good at asking great questions so one of the fastest growing Um, capability trainings that's going on in organizations throughout New Zealand at least is teaching people how to be coaches right is to ask great questions to do exactly what you're doing right now Joel tell us a little bit more about this what do you mean by this and if we apply that same approach and develop the skill set like just what are 10 great questions to ask your people what will start to happen is we First of all, we install this idea that what they have to say is important. And if, and if that's the case, then we come across as like good listeners, um, receptive and so on and so forth. But through time, they self facilitate their own next steps, you know? And I think that really is the key is for us because as an owner, you, you know i remember writing my business plan in italy for, for for our first business and i'm sitting there and i'm in that mode of like what is the right way what is the wrong way what do i have to do what's the exact target market i'm so in the business of figuring out answers that we end up developing identity developing an identity around always having the answer and so that when you look down ultimately at the people in your business who are stylists, for example, and you've been there yourself, you of course have all the answers, but the real territory of leadership is accepting that you have no idea what it's like to be in this person's shoes. You don't know the combination of their ultimately their life, even though you know them really, really well. And so the best way to influence them is to ask them great questions. And then have a, have, a, have a growth plan in there as well, which may involve external training. It may involve um, reflective practices, whatever whatever your leadership philosophy is, which we already talked about, that will influence the growth plan.
0: Um, that was really good uh, to articulate that, actually, because I know that some people fall into the camp of, I know you should do it like this. And then there's also people that feel, feel the pressure, I'm the leader, I should know, and I don't know the answer. Mm. And actually this lets us off the hook because it's actually not about knowing the answer. It's just facilitating the conversation and for them to find their own answers or their own pathway within the the boundaries of the business.
1: Absolutely. And the the, the immediate problem that I know listeners will be going, it's it's not efficient, right? It's like, Joel, we've got clients turning around. There's There's moments, right? It's like, I don't have time to strategically ask questions and the question that i'd have for you as well how much time are you spending on recruitment you know or or trying to find the next person how much time do you go man i've got this vision but i don't know if with the current team i can actually get there and and that's where the, the the time balancing thing has to be addressed and yeah if nothing more then i would say that that would be one of the greatest fastest most efficient ways to to grow your people is to get really good at asking questions and Look, Google's there. Like, there's so much free resources online. Videos, YouTube. How do I ask great questions?
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, I love that. That was really good. Really, really good conversation. It's something I talk a a lot about too also is creating the time for the necessary conversations and for the necessary things to uh, get off the tools and actually – Focus on the things that move the needle, like Mm. asking good questions with your team. Right, good conversation. All right, what about for ourselves as the owner, as the CEO? What kind of habits should we be developing so we can show up the best that we can be, or um, and be ready for the bombardment that is business?
1: Yeah, such a good question. Uh, I, I think there's so many people out there that I look up to, mentors. You know, and when I say mentors, I don't mean that we hang out together us two, but like books that I've read um, podcasts that I've watched interviews that I've watched. And I'm going, there's a theme here. State matters most. So how you show up your energy, how you're being, that whole piece is critical. And I, it's critical because of the underlying uh, science behind influence. Like we give permission to people that we look up to and admire to influence us so just think about that for a moment like think about the people in your life um, that you look up to admire respect and love you unconsciously give them permission to influence you that's why if i go to australia and hang out with my buddies over there for a week i'll come back and i'll be talking like an aussie i'll be doing all of that stuff because that's just the science of social contagion right so it becomes so, so important for us to to recognize how we are showing up and not be a product just of how we're being influenced. And I would say that one of the most important things that we can do as business owners is get in the driver's seat for that, that state. Um, and so what I'm really talking about here is developing physical habits that make you feel great. I don't think there's anything more important than feeling great, especially if it means other people feel great as well. I think that's really the punchline to life. It's really just a combination of our emotions. At the end of today, wife says to me, "Hey Joel, how's your day?" The the response that I'm giving her is based on the feelings or the dominant feelings that I've had. Now you throw a busy salon owner into that mix, and I've I've worked in salons, right? Not as a stylist, but I've observed, I've watched, I've trained. And it's like, you know, it's busy, it's frantic, it's frazzling, it's stressful, it's demanding, right? I'm, you know, I know what most people are doing on a Friday night, right? Because you're trying to manage that. And so we have to be the person that goes actually going to the gym is actually one of the cornerstone habits that make me me. Not only does going to the gym make me feel great, there's actually some like uh, uh Effect afterwards that continues to make me feel great. And so now when you walk into the salon, you're feeling, looking, influencing in a way that it's just not, you just can't construct that on your own with good intent, right? So it's kind of like you're going to sit back and go, what are the physical things that I could do that would really influence my own state of being? And like the ones that come to mind, did, did any come to mind for you, Larissa, by the way? Or what habits do you have that make you feel great?
0: Um. Yes. Good question. Definitely going to the gym has yep. made that's been something that um has been transformational for me in the last nearly twelve months, ten mm. months. Um. Do you know it's it's self talk <laughs> when yeah, I catch nice. myself um going down a rabbit hole. Actually pausing and giving myself some space. Yeah. To get my head right. Um. I don't have physical ones, Joel. I don't, yeah, like, I don't get down and do twelve burpees or anything like that. <laughs> I <Yep>. could though. <laughs> how does give um, me some? Give me some. How does I'm reading? How
1: does what's the emotion that you experience? Ju- uh, maybe not during after the gym. So you're walking out of the gym. you have done. Done the the hard thing. You got out of bed. You did it. What's the what are you feeling?
0: Um, energized and alive. All right. Like, I've got energy afterwards, and I feel like, um, I know I come back with a smile on my face and I feel like I can conquer the world. Mm. Like, if I can cognate the rowing machine, I can conquer anything. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think that there's the really, uh, important piece here, Larissa, is that, you know, most people, when it comes to physical habits, they're going to go "Oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And one of it, it's time thing. The other one is like, I don't have the willpower I'm not interested in. I'm certainly not interested in doing that. If all it's going to give me is this feeling of being energized, I'll get energized. Another I have a can of v. I have a can of V that'll help me be energized. So I think the, the, the disclosure statement here is you've got to do what works for you, but it has to be physical. Like, yeah, we've got heaps of mental habits, And that's just a whole other podcast, I reckon. But I think in terms of physical, like a couple of things that I do is like, I'm a big fan of the cold, um, not because I like it, but because when you intentionally um, immerse yourself in cold, whether it's the shower or the ocean, um, what it says to yourself in terms of an internal dialogue is you're willing to go through short-term pain for a feeling or a result that you're really happy with. Also, the physiological benefits are proven like, from a science point of view. Like You're going to have a lift in mood straight away, just like going to the gym. I think sweating, like going to the gym, walking, biking, whatever your thing is, um, if you get to the point through physical movement where you're sweating, like that, there's a, there's a, a chemical uh, reaction going on inside your body that you can't fight. And it is so, so positive. It's so, so positive. One of the other things that I do that makes me feel really good, but in the short term, I don't like it. I mean, think about it. Gym, hard work. Getting into the ocean, hard work. This one, stretching. What's like a lot of people like this on my back or, you know, they're like this all day. They're chopping, chopping, chopping. Our physical um, staticness, like the way in which we are able to express ourselves with our body as we get older gets reduced more and more and more and more. And we know, we know, we know that stretching is really, really good for that but no one's going, oh man, I really think it's a good idea to stretch right now. It's like easier to sit on the couch, right? But if you can get into the habit of physically stretching, that is going to show up for you and tenfold your emotional experience of life. Totally. hundred percent.
0: I love that because, do you know, that's um, really interesting. I'm going to take that on board for myself because I know that at six o'clock in the morning when, first of all, I know that I shouldn't think, just the line goes, get, don't, Don't think. Yeah, Sooner yeah, they I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. all over. Um, but if I am thinking about being at the gym, the bit that makes me get out of the bed is the stretching. It's not yeah. the smashing it on the machine because yeah. that feels too big right now and bed and it's cozy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's actually that that whole warming up routine just gets me in the right state. That's really interesting. Mm. So kind of what you're saying is bring that peace into other parts of my life,
1: yeah hundred percent. We talk about, and I run an event called level up and we talk about, you know, the three emotions that we want to cultivate more in life is joy, peace, and love really important. And it's like, what's the fastest way to experience peace, like peace of mind, which is key, especially as a business owner, right? And straight away, it's like money, like, you know, spend less than you earn. If you want to, like, feel anxious and worried and have no peace, it's like, you know, spend more than you've got, right? And, I, and you know, there's obviously some disclaimers around that, around investing and, and so on and so forth and being in positive debt, et cetera. But the other one is helped right? Like, take care of your health with the highest level of excellence. Like, there is no substitute for having great health in life. You show up better for everything with great health so to answer the the, the broader context of this entire podcast if nothing else go and get a gym membership or develop a leadership philosophy that says get into nature every day walk up hills get sweaty do hard shit that ultimately makes you feel great about yourself i think without doing any of the leadership philosophy any of the growth plan for your people you are going to experience far more feelings of love peace and joy in your life which is ultimately what we're all going
0: for which means that you can actually step into your role, your uh, leadership and influence role uh, naturally. It's not something you have to force because you're actually yeah. just, you're being, your state is being. Um, 100%. That person, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I just throw you, one
1: you, more physical
0: habit in there? Cause, cause... I was about to ask you, can you just like rattle off a little list of things that we can choose from? Like you've got me now. I'm, I'm doing the gym. I, I can do the stretches. Give me a bunch more. I need three. <laughs> 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 um
1: so what I reckon what would be better cuz this is this is the key part when you're training people is like everybody wants to be told like what's the how to job because if you just tell me the how to then I can go and do it but here's the problem the how to we've been telling our people that for centuries you know like go to the, the and drink the bloody water and they don't so we've gotta make people curious. And um, I think one of the, the best things that people could do is start to like, wherever this is posted, like hopefully there's a comment section and people can start to go, what do I, what can I physically do every that's the keep up every day. What can I physically do every day that makes me feel great in the long run? Because right at the beginning, is not gonna feel great. Like stretching straight away, it's like, yeah, I just yeah, feel stiff, bad. right?
0: But he, he, here's another
1: one, I'll give you one. Is like, um, so if you work backwards, from the time that you need to get up, want to get up, right? So let's just say it's 5 a.m. is a good time to get up, right? Take control of your life at 5 a.m. Any time after that, it's not good enough. Um, So you go back and you go eight hours back from 5 a.m. And that's 9 p.m. So now we take an hour and a half back from there. We go 7.30 p.m. Alarm goes off on my phone. It says, put your phone down. We'll turn it off for the night. So the physical habit is putting your phone down. Now spend the next 90 minutes winding down. Not with wine, okay? It's a key part. Alcohol for all of its great things, like and and I'm not saying that like I I enjoy alcohol, you know, alcohol's great and all of that, but it's like when you're in the business of influencing people and you want to use that influence over the next two, five years to leverage your business, your brand, your everything to the highest level so that you've got decisions, right? You've got options. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, you know? Um, it's so, so important to understand that the little things make a big difference. And if you drink every single night and you're on your phone every single night just before you go to bed, you're going to sleep like shit, you're going to wake up like shit. And this whole podcast that we're talking about is like, it just doesn't mean anything, right? So 90 minutes before bed, put the phone down and fire out. Pour a cup of tea and sit down with your spouse or your cousin or your flatmate or whatever it is
0: and have a conversation.
1: Connect transfer some humanness to someone else that's not judging you or you're not in a position of authority that is without a doubt one of the best physical habits that you can do is to connect with other human beings but the biggest problem we've got at the moment is this thing is saying that we can have everything we want as long as we've
0: got one of these A phone just for those of you listening he's holding up his phone
1: <laughs> i am i am so please can i just encourage people apart from the ones that we talked about, stretching, getting into the cold, exercising, putting your phone down 90 minutes before you go to bed. Um, so, so important to 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 just, you know, brainstorm that stuff yourself as well. I think that's really important.
0: All right. I love that. This is good. I even feel more energized. I feel like I've had a coaching session of my own. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I hope for those that are tuning in that there has been some amazing takeaways for you for today. Um, and. We will post this, Joel and I are on video as well as the podcast, so I'm going to post this in the Salon Owners Collective Facebook group, so come in, let's start a conversation, let's share some ideas around uh, how we can develop our own uh, CEO habits so Mm -hmm. we can really have a transformational year this year, I would love that. All right, Joel, you are a business owner of your own. Um, mm. What is a, a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you going as a business owner that you can share with us? O- although you've already given us so many amazing ones already. Um, the,
1: this is good. I'm a massive fan of mantras. Um, and because I know, and we all know this, that you know, 95 at a minimum of our thinking, 95% at a minimum is is the same as yesterday right and 80 percent of that origin is negative we know that so you know as human beings we're automatically negative basically because of that this is why this mantra is the most important thing for me what you focus on expands now that that's not true in a literal sense but basically it's like Wherever you're focusing your attention, you're going to validate that. There's there's enough sensory information in our world to validate absolutely anything now. And I've found that the most successful people, and I don't mean that just from a monetary point of view or a recognition point of view, but I'm talking about time as well. I'm talking about relationships. The most successful people are intentionally focused on what they want in a world where most people are talking about, thinking about, and focused on what they don't want or you focus on expanse.
0: Right. All right. What's a a book, a resource, a podcast, something that we must go and get, listen to, purchase, Um, download?
1: This podcast, obviously, um, (laughs) so (laughs) important. Like, that should just be like, uh, there's there's this really good thing that, I don't know if it's James Clear that says it, but it's like, if this, then that, like make a list of ifs and thens. So if this happens, do that. So for me, my if and then is like, when I jump in the car, if I jump in the car, I always put on something educational before I drive. Right. It's just like, it's a habit now. It's like, it's another physical habit that like, if you do that, like time's going to take care of itself. Don't worry about time, you know? Um, but I think just, just to kind of bring it full circle and actually be of some sort of utility for your listeners is like, Um, there's a book called good leaders ask great questions. And it's by a guy named John C Maxwell, who spent his life committed to, uh, leadership. And I just think in there, there's like a whole host of questions, particularly if you're getting into coaching or you don't see the value in coaching, um, or you don't know how to ask great questions. I think that's a book. You just need it on your shelf. You need it in your passenger seat. You need to be able to open that, take it on the plane with you. And that's just going to be of some real utility, um, based on the conversation we've had.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Joel. This has been uh, exceptional and it's a shame that we have to wrap it up really at all. So we'll have to make sure we have you back. Yes, so where it's... can people find you and stalk you?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, basically everything's findable on joelbouzade.com So that's J-O-E-L-B-O-U-Z-A-I-D.com and everything there in terms of how I help people is there, including links to social feeds and email and all of that good stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks so much for having me. I hope it's been useful for your listeners.
0: Okay, and that's a wrap. Definitely one of my favorite chats. Thank you so much, Joel, for joining me in this episode. I really think your insights are so invaluable to all business owners who are listening. So I'm so happy that you have joined us today. Now, I'd like to invite you to let me know what you thought of the episode. What was your takeaway? And maybe I'll just shout it out next week on the the next episode. So please do come and share your comments. If you're on iTunes, then leave a review below and write me a comment. Otherwise, you can head over to my private Facebook group, Salon Owners Collective, facebook group and let me know what you thought right in there i have posted this episode live on video so come and meet joel and make sure to leave a comment on the post i'll leave the link on the show notes uh, below so